Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, the name that's above every name. And my Father, we thank you for your presence among us. Holy Spirit, sir, move among our hearts. Inspire us, encourage us, equip us. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Unbeknownst to you today, you walked in, casually sat down in a chair in this marvelous building. You don't have any idea that you're living in a partially fulfilled dream. I'll tell you partially because the Lord continues to add to the dream of Pastor Brandon and Krista. Because they they young, I knew him when he was did knew nothing other than other than he had just enthusiasm, tremendous amounts of enthusiasm with no knowledge, uh, but he was great. We loved him. He did a great thing. Met this beautiful girl named Krista, and they and they begin to th- want to change the world for Jesus. Young with a dream, he tagged on John Holler's dream because John Holler he he was my best friend, and I he uh, he and I had a conversation when I was in my hometown and. I was, I was uh, actually burying a church a guy left me with, and it's a long story, but nonetheless, it was dying, and, and uh, he looked at me and said, Terry, you need to come to St. Angelo, and uh, the Lord began to put a dream in my heart. You know, dreams kind of come that way. They just kind of come at you little by little. You're not sure how they come. Sometimes it seems insignificant, but you begin to kind of walk it out. Who knows that I would move to San Angelo and bring my family and and, uh, and we would be in the ministry here with John and Ann Holler, and, uh, and we would get to see God do great things. And then Brandon and Krista came up through the ranks, and now then, look, you're standing in, in a dream. And they had a dream to equip you, equip you to win in life. See, we get mad at the devil because we hate to see what he does to people and how he comes in and ravages some people's lives, and we want to see you overcome We'll see you win in life. So today, you're in here enjoying the manifestation of a dream. But yet, pause, there's more to come. I'm going to talk to you today about the power of a dream. Jesus said in John 15, 5, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. How much fruit? Much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Apart from Jesus, you can do no thing. Nothing, nada, zip, zero, nothing. But with him, you can bear much fruit. So the beautiful thing is that Jesus invited you to abide in him. Now, you being here today testifies to me that you are very qualified to do such a thing. As you're here, then you want to enjoy the benefits of abiding. That's much fruit. Much fruit means abundant fruit. It means greater, plenteous. Lots of, more than you can stand. And for you to bear much fruit, you need God to give you a vision and a dream, which many of you already have. You're anointed to bear much fruit and be a blessing to others. The much fruit is always inspired by a God-produced dream. It's a God-inspired dream, rather. So if you're born again, you're citizens of the kingdom of God. It's in your DNA to bear much fruit. Amen. Amen. Everything you put your hand is to prosper. Don't fall in the trap by listening to the news and expecting the worst in your life. Inflation is going to rob you. No, you're connected to a different kingdom, different financial thing altogether. 
that we're believing God for better things. Amen. Amen. You can, you, can, you can reap a reward in a drought. It doesn't matter what's going on. God can move in your life, and God can use your life to do amazing things. Today, I hope to inspire you to get a dream for increase. Wherever you are, I won't hope that you walk out here and say, I'm made for more. I'm made for increase. What I've had is great. Don't be like the couple who've been married 40 years. Says, Honey, we've been married 40 years. We didn't have nothing when we got married. Looks like we still got the most of it. All right. <clears throat> so I'm not a comedian. All right. Uh, a dream is an inspiring picture for a better tomorrow. A God dream energizes your imagination. It motivates you and empowers you to achieve it. A dream gives you purpose and exposes hidden potential. A God-inspired dream requires faith to take a chance and call the unseen into the scene. Today, many of you walked in here by faith. You didn't really feel like coming to church, but you came anyway. You faced disappointments and discouragement and difficulties, and yet you feel like that God has an answer for you, and you're here by faith. So, you know, your dreams that you dream help define who you are. They keep pushing you forward. They influence every decision that you make. And many today have probably allowed some dreams to die in your life and dust lays on top of them. Today, by the Holy Spirit, we hope to see that dust removed and even see new God-inspired dreams come to your life. That's what we decide. And I believe today that we're living the greatest age to live. I believe that we're going to see the adventure of the ages. Jesus is going to come back. I'm believing God for spectacular things, signs, wonders, and miracles abounding. I believe God is going to move. We're going to see a revival like we've never seen. Our churches are going to overflow, and we're going to see the prodigals come home. We're going to see God do so many magnificent things, and we're living in the adventure of the ages. And the beautiful thing is, is that we got heaven surrounding us, clapping us, and telling us, come on, you can do this. You can do it. We're surrounded by such a greater cloud of witnesses. Listen to Ephesians 3.20 in the Passion Translation. It says this, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all. For his miraculous power constantly energizes you. (laughs) I like that. So whatever dream you have, God says, I can do more. Whatever you can imagine for your life, God says, I can do much more. We know he wants us to bear much fruit, but much, 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 much fruit. Pray your biggest prayer and know that God is the God of impossibilities. If God can do the impossible, you're connected to God, so evidently you can do the impossible. You can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. God is moving in your life even now, even though you cannot see it. When you watch little children play, they they believe they can do anything. I mean, I I wonder how many kids have hurt themselves by tying a towel to their neck and jumping off something, pretending to be Superman, thinking that they were going to fly. You ask a kid what they want to do when they grow up, and they say, I want to be the president. I want to be, I want to be a doctor, a lawyer. I want to be a pastor, a missionary, astronaut, 
what does it matter? They come up with all these ideas, but life has a tendency to happen to us as children as we dream big dreams, and we begin to grow up in the nasty now and now, and we see that there's a lot of dreams that go by the wayside, and we quit believing in ourselves. We believe what the teachers told us that we're dumb or what other people will tell us that we're insignificant and we'll never accomplish anything. I have to tell you, all those are lies because God created you. God created you, and you're very special. I don't care what your background is. I don't care what you did yesterday. God's got great dreams for you. You know, there's two kinds of people in your life. The first, we love, dream builders. Those are people when you tell a dream to, they say, oh, my goodness, what a wonderful idea. I can totally see you doing that. And then you got the other guys. Yeah. You tell them your dream, and they go, that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard in my life. Huh? You ever had anything like that? Where you had an inspired dream, you felt like God was in it, and you said it out loud, and lo and behold, they, <laughs> they made you feel inadequate and as if it would never, ever come true. You know, one of the greatest assets you have for dream building is coming to this church. You know why? Because you're surrounded by people of faith. And when you're surrounded by people of faith, your imagination begins to kick in. And you begin to see things that you've never seen before. The preacher preaches. It's not, it's, listen, and he, when we stand up here and preach, we're believing that God will fill our mouth. We believe that God will inspire his people, that God will touch you and so that equip you so that when you leave here, you'll do greater things than you ever thought possible. That's what we believe God for. So I, we, we want God to activate our imagination. We want to begin to see what God sees for our lives, see what God sees for our children's life, and we begin to call those things which are not as though they are. We want to begin to be a voice of God to inspire prophetically people's lives to see in the lives of people that are broken and see gifts, inspiring dreams, and begin to equip people so that they can go out and do great and mighty things for God. See, our lives are all in process. You might look at your life and you say, I don't have a lot of things going for my life today. Well, your life, you're just beginning. It doesn't matter. You may have suffered loss. You may have had bankruptcy, suffered a divorce, all matter of things may have happened to you. It does not matter. God is still on the throne, and he will fulfill your dreams. Yeah, you took a hit, but you know what? Anytime we take a hit and we overcome that hit, guess what we can do? We can turn around and encourage others around us. When you've suffered loss and then you gain back, guess what you can do when someone suffers loss? You can help them overcome their loss. When you suffered a tragedy and you've been able to walk out of that and see God rebuild your life, then what do you do? You're an advertisement for the goodness of God and begin to pour into people's lives and say, you can do this. You're not beaten by this. You're not a victim. You're a victor. See, God is for you, so who can be against you? We don't want to settle for the ordinary. We don't want to set, we want to live a spectacular life. I want to, don't written on my tombstone, Terry Sparks sucked air and died. I don't want that. I want to go walk into heaven and say, well done. 
You went from Bardish to Bardish, son, but you still got here. Praise God. You took out some fence posts along the way. You wrecked a few vehicles, but bless God, you did it, son. We're proud of you. That's what we want to hear. You know, my mom told me that when I was uh, around five years old, she had me in church. My dad died when I was six, and his mom fell out of church, so I wasn't raised in church. Uh, matter of fact, I got saved and came home and found out all my, all my relatives were Christians, and I looked at them, why didn't you tell me? No one had told me. Uh, but the preacher came and asked me, what are you going to be when you grow up? I said, a preacher. I don't know where that came from. Five. Five years old. Well, for 16 years, <laughs> let's put it this way. Five till I was 21, uh, I lived like hell. <laughs> yeah, I ran in the opposite direction, did everything that was wrong. But then one day I followed my wife to church. God was going to resurrect a dream. And the Lord Jesus got a hold of me. I walked the aisle, didn't remember walking the aisle, got up front. You know when you're standing there at front, back in the old days when you had everybody come up front to receive Christ, you actually had to step out. I stand up front. You know, you're not staring there and say, oh, my God, how did I get here? How did I get here? I'll tell you what. I, I figured it out. All right, he's going he's gonna to do something, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sneak over this way. And, but you know what he did? He came right down and captured me. And he prayed the prayer of faith over my life, and I mean, God kicked the door off the hinges, and I've never been the same since. And you know, I've been preaching the gospel, and God's been doing wonderful, wonderful things in our lives. You know, I've lived a spectacular life. God has, has done amazing things. I've traveled the world, 40 countries, drugged my wife to 29, and we've preached the gospel and continue to do that. I, I love I love reaching the lost. I love seeing lives changed wherever we go. And, you know, the, the one thing about, about our lives is we begin to grow. You know, by saying, here I am, you know, I'm in the Navy, and my wife, she comes up to me, and she draws me in close, looks me in the eyes, and she says, I want a baby. And I went, why in the heck? What? I didn't know that came with a deal. Uh, what, what, uh, uh, I was... I was, you know, I was the youngest one. I, you know, my sister was six years older than me, and I was the baby of the family, and I didn't run around kids before. She wanted a baby. Well, you know, she pursued me. I gave in her advances, and <laughs> hence Misty and Brian, and you, but the same thing happened to them. You know, they fall in love, and next thing you know, they're looking in one another's eyes, and now I've got five wonderful grandchildren. The beautiful thing is that they're beginning to live the dream. Sandy and I walked out. Now then they're walking out the dream. You know, all the kids are involved in ministry. Our grandkids are on track doing things for God. I'm so excited because, you know, that's what we do. We live what God tells us to live. And, you know, when your kids look at it and they see it, say, wow, you know, they don't hate the church. They don't hate the ministry. They fall in love with Jesus. And all we want to do is see lives change. Isn't that really what we're all about? Yeah. See, we can't take, we can't take a U-Haul to heaven with us, but we can take others around us, and we want to see others' lives change. We want to see people's lives impacted with this wonderful gospel that changes us forever. Yeah. You know, when I was growing up, I was voted 
probably well not that there was a vote, but if there would have been a vote, I would have been voted most likely not to succeed because I was rebellious. And basically about the eighth grade, I quit school. I mean, in my mind, I quit. Failed the eighth grade twice. They pushed me to the ninth grade, and I still just didn't. Had a motorcycle, did what I wanted, smoking, drinking, doing all the stuff you're not supposed to do. Who knew that God would one day reach down, uncover a dream, and pull me back into the dream? Now, today, you know, I've pastored for decades. Since I quit school, I went to Bible school, and now today I got a doctorate. And uh, yeah, that makes it's just the PhD piled higher and deeper. It doesn't. <coughs> yeah, Jesus makes it all work. Amen. Sometimes you got to forget all that you learned and do what Jesus says. But, and you know, you know and I, I've wanted to help equip people to win in life. And today I pastor pastors and I get to go all the world to teach leaders how to reach people for Christ and how to inspire others to do the work of the ministry. You know, you look at over our lives and these ministry lives and all the preachers that you come in contact with that's been connected to the dream, it's all Jesus. Anything that we do good, hey, it's all Jesus. We all know it's Jesus. I appreciate the pat on the back. Amen. God bless you. If you like me, dislike me, really well, I like you to like me, but if, if you, if, regardless, it's all Jesus. Everything that we do good is Jesus doing it in us. And so I see that, you know, we've seen marriages restored. We've seen people healed, set free, delivered. So many lives radically changed because a five-year-old boy said, I want to be a preacher. Amazing. Amazing. I love John Osteen. He's Joel's dad, and uh, he's a Holy Ghost guy. I loved him. He was a great guy. He'd always say this. He had a poem. He'd say, great it is to dream the dream when you stand in youth by the starry stream. But greater thing is to fight life through and to say at the end, the dream is true. The dream is true. Look at your neighbor and say, get a dream. Oh, come on, my church family. Listen, just get a little engaged and let's be a little more enthusiastic. Look at your neighbor and say, get a dream. Yeah. See, your dream starts with you and then it encourages others around you. The good news is whatever you dream, that God himself can supersize your dream. You know, when we start reading about the life of Joseph, Joseph had a dream, and that dream got him in trouble with his brothers. And ultimately, his brothers got so mad at him, infuriated with him, they wanted to see him murdered. They wanted to kill him. Instead, they sold him for coke, coke money and, uh, and sold him into slavery. Just 39.1, it says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt and to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. Now, Joseph had been the favorite son of his elderly dad. He was the youngest. Now he sold an auction block. The tailor-made coat now that, that he had 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 been stripped away from him. 
And now he stands naked, clothed only with chains. Because when you sell a piece of meat on the auction block, you want to make sure you're able to see everything that you're going to buy. Slavery is a horrible crime against humanity. It steals the identity. It steals self-worth. It steals dignity. It steals dream and destiny. How in the world can God fulfill a dream if you're in slavery? Seems impossible. Stripped of all your rights. He owns only the air in his lungs and a dream in his heart. That's all he had. But you know what? That's enough. That's enough. No matter how bad it looks, the dream God has for you will continue to make a way where there is no way. You know, I've become more compassionate with people the older I become. And I know that sometimes bad things happen to good people and bad things want to reach out and grab a hold of you and own you. The tragedy, the abuse, the destruction, your innocence stolen, the blunt force trauma. It screams from your past to destroy the success of your future. It wants to absolutely rob you of a better tomorrow. And I know that some of you here today, you walked in by faith. You're hurting, discouraged, and thinking that I'm standing up here just preaching on the way to, to just, you know, pass the time. But I'm here to, do, to deliver something to you, and that's hope for tomorrow. And, you know, so often we see people that, that fall by the wayside, there's destructive thoughts come in to own them. And God says, I have a dream for you. We don't want to be owned by anything but the dreams of God for our lives. You know, your dreams of success, if they've been placed with nightmares and a dread for tomorrow, today I want to give you a future and a hope. I know what it's like to suffer loss. I was living the dream. My wife and I, we were replaced financially, had everything we wanted, great, preaching the world, going everywhere, uh, she was in good health. I was in good health. Chasing her around. Hallelujah. No kids in the house. Amen. She'd let me catch her every now and then. Wondered, life was good, you know. And then and I lost her suddenly. You know, I experienced sorrow and grief that I never even thought existed. Pain that I didn't even know was bearable to hold. I, it was difficult. I know what it's like to lose hope. I know what it's like to want to curl up in a ball and say, just let me die. Lord, just let me die. But see, the dream inside you won't let you die. There's more. There's more in you, yet it's not over. The full-figured woman has not sung her song. It's not over. So we see that, that life can continue on. Even if you step in here by faith, you're at the right place at the right time. Let me help you. The truth is there is no permanent victory of the devil. What he done to you and what happened to you is not the end. Think about the victory that he had when Jesus was crucified. Three days later, he realized his plan had totally backfired when Jesus was raised from the dead. 
And he realized his reign of terror over humanity was over forever, and he would spend the rest of his eternity in hell. If you have lost hope, can I tell you some good news today? Jesus is your resurrection and your life. In John 11, we read the story of Lazarus. He'd been dead for four days, and the Bible says he stinketh. He's buried in a tomb. He has two sisters, Mary and Martha, and they're grieving. And uh, we know that they're very sad because they lost their brother. Jesus arrives on the scene purposely late, and Martha says to Jesus, if you would have been here, in other words, when I sent for you, he would have not died. And what Jesus said to her in her grieving moment is this. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, John eleven twenty five. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe in Jesus? He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And then the question comes, do you believe this? Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in him will never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Is someone you love died? In faith. I can confidently tell you that they're alive and you will see them again. Jesus is the resurrection. Resurrection brings life again to that which seems dead. Jesus is the life, the Zoe life, the absolute fullness of life, the life that God intended you to have. Resurrection, I love it. When you look at the meaning, it means that Jesus is also, uh, it means the standing up again and the recovery, which when it seems impossible for you to stand up, let Jesus stand up in you because he is the stand up and the recovery. That which all was lost that we, you will recover. Get your hope back. See, God will fulfill your dream. God has a purpose for you. I'm sorry for the tragedy. I apologize for the injustice. I know it's difficult. But dear one, let me tell you, it's time to dream again. Let the resurrection power come upon your life and let God fulfill his dreams in your life. Today is your day. It's the best day of your life today. He will turn your morning into dancing. And, you know, as you read on, one of the shortest verses in the Bible says Jesus wept. And, you know, they said, see how he loved him? Jesus is crying. He's weeping. He's in sorrow. And grief counselors, which I have listened to a lot going through this, said that, well, and Jesus was in grief that he was, you know, mourning for Lazarus. Well, wait just a minute. Can I ask a question? Jesus well, let me just put it this way. Jesus showed up purposely late. He waited till he died. He knew he was going to raise him from the dead. Why would he be weeping in sorrow? Doesn't even make sense, does it? Huh? Huh? John eleven thirty three. we read, Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. That word groaned in the Greek It means indignant and stirred with anger. Jesus was mad at death. He wept because he saw what death did. He saw the sorrow. He saw the pain of grief. 
He actually snorted with anger in the face of death. And he gained victory over death as he cried, Lazarus, come forth. And here come a man that's been dead for four days out of a tomb. They say, historians say, well, a lot of theologians say it this way. They say, if he had not put Lazarus there, then every grave would have been opened if he'd said, come forth. Because that's the power of our risen Christ. Amen? You know, I love what it says here, you know, is that death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, hell, where is your victory? You know, when it seems that all hope is lost and your dreams are dead, it's resurrection time. If you've lost a loved one in grieving, I understand. But listen, they're not dead. You know, when my wife and I, we were having children, we suffered a miscarriage along the way. No lots of people that suffered miscarriages. Can I tell you that? That child's alive. That child is alive. And I know that my wife right now is up there having a blast with our child. God is continuing to do great and mighty things. We're going to live forever, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to live forever, ladies and gentlemen. That means we'll, go, we'll get all gather together and say, hey, let's go have a picnic for 5,000 years. Hey, let's go, let's go explore the, vi- the universe for 10,000 years. Are you beginning to get the idea forever? Like you're never going to die. Never, 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 never. Man, I'm telling you, I feel unbelief in the room. No, never, never, never. Amen. As a slave, Joseph could have easily got lost in his pain. It's easy to get lost in pain. Here he, he was ripped away from his family. Everything seemed to be lost. We know that he had every right to be mad at his brothers. He, he had hatred, fighting resentment and hatred for his brothers, wanting revenge, all the things that he had, but yet a dream still was alive in him. God had a purpose. God was moving. Even the bad that happened to him, God was going to turn it to good, and God was going to fulfill his purposes. We know that the end of Joseph's life, that he was able to rescue a nation, keep from famine. He got totally reconciled with his family. God brought it all about just because he would not let the dream die. And I personally believe that God did it in him. God will do it. If God did it for Joseph, he will do it for you. As we look at Joseph's life, even in the midst of his slavery, when it seemed the worst of the worst was happening in Genesis 39 2, which I love this, it says the Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, and his master saw the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. The Lord was with Joseph. And he was a successful, prosperous man. If the Lord is with you, you're prosperous and successful. Is the Lord with you? If the Lord is with you, you're prosperous and successful. And the beautiful thing is a demonic, a, a guy that worshiped demons saw that the Lord was with Joseph because everything he put his hand to prospered. Listen, when the dream's alive in you and you're moving with God, it doesn't matter what, if you've got chains on you, it doesn't matter what your circumstances are. People look at your life and they say, the Lord is with them. Something's great is going on in their life. (laughs) Joseph was not perfect. You're not perfect, but we know that God moves in us and does great and mighty things. People can see our flaws, but yet they see that God's for us, so who can be against us? Amen. It's not what you have that makes you successful. You got a luxury car. You got a nice house. That's not what makes you successful. It's who has you. 
And when he's got you, honey, you're successful and prosperous. Well, I can't even afford a pair of shoes. Bless God, you're still successful and prosperous. It's not all been written of you yet. There's more stuff for you to come. There's still scene two, scene three, scene four. More coming for you. Don't you quit on your dreams. And I love the fact that, you know, that we, it's, I believe that in your hopes and dreams seem dead. I tell you today, it's resurrection time. Place no limits on the power of God within you. God can take your faith and your dreams and do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask or think. Whatever you dream, God can supersize it. God is building your faith to dream bigger dreams. There's power working inside of you, the power of making your dream a reality. You realize nothing is impossible for God, so therefore nothing is impossible for you. See, so often we get talked out of it. Today I'm saying, no, 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 no. I'm spiritually slapping you upside the face and don't you fall for the lie of the wicked one. There's more in you. God's going to tap into you, going to do mighty miracles in your life. You're going to see all your loved ones come to Christ. You're going to see your businesses flourish. You're going to, exceed, you're going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think. Amen. Amen. There's power, dynamite working power on you. There's energy working inside of you. Powerful energy. The power of a dream is working in you. A dream to do it superly abundantly far above all you can ask or think. We know that God's mighty power is at work in you to bring his will into your life. Today, the Holy Spirit is resurrecting or depositing dreams, spectacular dreams, dreams that will change your life and the life of those that you love forever. Give him your life. Give him your disappointments. Give him everything about you and say, come on, Lord, let's finish strong. Let's do this right. I'm going to make a difference in my life, in my family's life, in school, in city, in the world. Power of God's working in your life. Your faith is active. Your dreams are more real than your present reality. You can close your eyes and see what God sees. You can see that there's something energetic riding, rising inside you, even in the midst of disappointment. You, keep, you put one foot in front of the other by faith, and God is going to do something so very creative. He delights in making something majestic from nothing more than a dream in you. A thought you have, a prayer you pray, changes you and those around you forever. Think of it. Nothing is impossible for you. Father, I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit in this house today. And I thank you, Father, for moving in the hearts of your people to encourage them. Father, I come against discouragement, disappointment. Lord, I know that there's many that have suffered loss. I thank you for, Lord, you moving in their lives that hope again is inspiring. Do it again. Do it again. Do it one more time. Come on. Come on. Don't you dare quit. It's not over for you. It's not over. God is moving for you. There's yet there's more for you. There's more for your family. There's more for your business. There's more for whatever you're putting your hand to do. God's moving in your life to do magnificent things. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.